Oh, so how in the world did that happen? I do not understand. So are other people on here? Yep. Oh. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, Shelly. I'm Margaret. Hey, have I met you before? I don't believe so, no. Oh, where are you in the world? I'm in Queens, New York. Oh, welcome. Welcome. What's it like out there right now? Thank you. Um, it's kind of a rainy, cloudy day. Still pretty humid and hot feeling, though. Are people out and about, or is it like a ghost town? Um, well, people are definitely out and about. I'm actually feeling pretty proud of us because most people are wearing their masks. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is kind of a ghost town just because there are no tourists, which is pretty Yeah. Amazing. I'm trying to plan a New York trip in a few weeks here. And I'll probably mostly be in Long Beach because I guess there's not really any New York-y kind of things to do right now. No. So I'd hang out at my friend's house. I would hang out at the beach if you can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of a giant mansion on the beach, so it's it's a good idea anyway. Even when the city is hopping, that's what I do when I go there, because it's cool. Is that Jamie? Hello, hello. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in forever. I know, how you been? Pretty good. How are you? Where are you in the world? I'm in Marquette, Michigan. Uh-huh. Which is and in the Upper Peninsula. For, yeah, of course, of course. I've, I've been up there. I have friends from there. Yeah. And what are, you, what are you doing up there? Are you running a theater still? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to do that right now, but I was doing that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the plan is to is to continue when when we're able to continue. But uh, I, work as, uh, I work with people with dementia, actually. I'm a resident experience director at a memory care unit. Um, so I've been immersed in people and then working with old folks, uh, during a pandemic has been really stressful. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Um, but it's very fulfilling, I have to say. Yeah. And, and yeah. how are your people? How is your, how are they doing? They're great. We, yeah. I mean, everyone's healthy, very depressed, but healthy. Um, <laughs> So we're just hanging on and, and waiting for uh, um, the loosening up of restrictions and just like everybody, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I'm in a different scenario. I feel like, yeah. hi. Uh, the sound is sounding good. My last Zoom was with one person and the sound was just sucking and I was worried because there's going to be, are we waiting on one more person? Uh, more than one. Okay. Um, well, I, I think Forrest is coming. Okay. Um, Adam, I know you. And I'm trying to figure out I know out you too, Shelley. I'm trying to figure out how, though. Yeah, I was trying to think of that on my way here, too. You're you're familiar to me, and like I feel like I've known you for a long time, but I'm I trying know. to Isn't that place weird? connection. I feel like this is going to be a total stab shot in the dark, but um, Stephanie Smith? Stephanie Staley? Yeah, I know Stephanie. We worked yeah. together at the Roadhouse years and years ago. Okay. Um, right? And were the you guys Roadhouse catered my wedding years and years ago. And you guys were friends. Does that sound right? Yeah, she was married to uh, a high school friend of my wife's. That's it. That's it. 
I'm not sure if we're actually Facebook friends or not, but I've been meaning to look and see how many friends we have in common. Probably, a, probably a lot. Stephanie? Or me? Yep, at me? least that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so here Laura's is... Here. Hi, Hi, Laura. Good now, morning. you have been... You came to the basement once, right? Yes, yes, it was fun. Yes. We're finally going back to the basement. We're finally going back to the basement. There, were, There's been a roommate there who just hasn't wanted anybody. And you remember, like, we came in and went down, and we were just in our own little thing. But there was this one roommate. Every week I've asked, like, how do they feel about it now? How do they feel about it now? Because it's my favorite place to do stuff, you know. But, um, okay, so is there one more person, do you think, Nathan? I'm going to ask Forrest if he's coming or not. Okay. Um, Did you get a haircut? You're looking very clean cut, Nathan. Me? Um, yeah. I got a haircut at some point. Okay. Robin, Robin cut it. Looks, it looks Thank good. You. Looks Thank good. You. You're looking, you're looking, uh, you know, clean cut. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so text Forest, and then you told me some music. When I planned this, I didn't realize I was cramming so much into this week, but I'm so happy now that you're all here because I really don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, I don't, I started reading the play and I'm like, does it really matter? I can just eat a big medible and ask a bunch of questions and be entertained instead of that. We can try something though that, um, so it, can we harmonize? Do you think if I go like, welcome, and somebody else says, welcome, <laughs> and somebody else says, welcome, could we do that? Can we pull that off? <laughs> we tried it on the last show, and it was kind of lame, just because the people did not get the instructions, but you're theater <laughs> folks. I feel like you can handle it. <laughs> and so it would be like, welcome, 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 welcome. And then you cut out, and I and we say, Two reeds and weeds. We don't even have to do that part. I don't we know if this is cut out. Part, but we can do welcomes and we can do welcome. Yeah, we can do welcome. Okay, so what I'm going to try to do, and this could just be terrible, or it could be great. It could be great. Um, ba -ba -ba. I'm going to try to. Mm -mm -mm. Where is share screen? Share audio. Okay. I'm going to try to find the song that Nathan recommended, at least one of them, played at the beginning. Do, 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 la, 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 la. Um, oh, the logical song. And then we'll play that, and then we'll go into it. Let me find it. And do we know what scenes we're doing? Are they just the three or four that we mentioned in the chat? Um, I made a list of... I made a whole list in the chat and nobody objected. So, um, but oh, we can yeah. also just we love all the scenes. So whatever you thought. Yeah. We, we can, we can also just like, you know, the, the way this usually goes is we kind of just play it by ear. Um, yeah. if we start talking about a scene and we're like, Hey, we should read that scene more, but if not, we can yeah. follow the, the list that I wrote out. Yeah. So what's the scoop on Forrest? He is not answering and he, I don't, I, I wouldn't expect him to be this late if he was coming. Um, okay. Yeah. Got some stuff going on. So he might. Okay. Not. So then here's what will probably happen. I'll play a little bit of the logical song and then we'll fade it out. And then 
we'll try this. We'll practice it right now. We'll practice it right now because it could be terrible, but it could be fun. Okay. So who's got the deepest voice? Who's got the deepest voice? That'll be Adam. You do. Can you do a welcome? Welcome. Welcome. There we go. Adam, Nathan, uh, Edra. I'm looking at your name like Edra. Um, like Jake, no Laurel, you. and I'll go really high, and then we'll cut out. Okay, so let's try it. Go, Adam. Okay, should I oh, go? Um, no, stay. Keep it going. You got to keep right. it going. We're gonna harmonize. Go. Welcome. 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 <laughs> you gotta keep it going, Adam. Where's <laughs> your breath control? Terrible at singing, please. Welcome, 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 welcome to Reeds and Weeds. That's all we're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> so simple, but so hard. So simple. I know we did it live with like direction the other day and we still weren't fabulous at it. And then mm -mm -mm, the video is being recorded. That's all I'm going to do. I don't want to add another element because my this is an exciting thing happening over here as I <clears throat> flew back from South Carolina on Monday. Mm. And TSA smashed my one-month-old computer. So this corner of my computer is just shattered. And oh. when I took it to the repair yes. shop, the repairs were over $1,000. I had to write this whole claim and everything. Um, but then I just turned it on the other day, and it's it's working. Hmm. So I'm really grateful. Yeah. But who knows? I, so I just don't want to add in a whole nother element to, to, to possibly mess this up. It reminds me when my phone broke and then my grandma bought me a new one and then it worked the next day. Oh. <laughs> and then it worked. Yeah. I just so never told her. <laughs> it's not gonna, it's not really gonna, I, I don't think it's gonna live very long. Like it's, because the first few days I tried to use it, it didn't work at all. And now it's just, maybe they did something at the shop. Okay. So I'm going to play the logical song, then we're going to fade it out, and we're just going to right then, right when I fade this song out, Adam, I want you to be like, welcome, everybody come in, I don't care if it sounds terrible, just try to harmonize, and then we'll do this, we'll cut out, and then I'll say, hey, this is Reeds and Weeds, I'm Shelly, we're here with a cast that's been assembled to talk about homesteaders, and they're going to read some scenes, and I'm mainly going to watch and ask questions, and Nathan thankfully, when we usually do shows like this, just kind of directs the deal. And uh, probably what I'll get, what I'll ask first is for you to tell me why you picked this to talk about. I will. Because you know, we haven't, was the last thing that we did the whale? Yes. Yeah. The whale. Yep. You were in that, right? Mm -hmm. So I started, I read like the first like 35 pages of this. And so I'm curious to know why you picked it and things like that. So um, how's that sound? And then we'll just go from there. Does that sound good? Yeah. Would you be willing to read uh, stage directions sometimes? Sure. Cool. Sure. Wait a minute. Let me see. I've got a PDF you <laughs> sent me. I sent, I sent her a script. Yeah. Okay. I have it. I'm ready. Okay. So let's do... Um, wait a minute. I just need to check. Share screen. Advanced sharing, um, blah, 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 multiple imprisonment, da, da, da. Why don't I just play the logical song and you tell me if you can hear it? Just nod your heads if you can hear it. Mm. 
can't even hear you. <laughs> Did you mute yourself, Shelly? <laughs> I'm trying something. I think Zoom might take it away because you're playing it from your computer and it has all this crazy technology that will like mute itself if it's coming through on your computer. You might need to play it on a different device. I don't know. Suggestions. I'm fully, fully open. <laughs> Super Tramp's pretty good. Little jingles. Right? It's pretty perfect. So, uh, welcome to Reads and Weeds. I'm Shelly, and um, this is maybe our 50th episode. Congrats. <laughs> we can't hear you, Shelly. Shelly, you've gone mute. You can stop sharing your screen too if you want to. That would help me see everybody. There, <laughs> there we go. Edit lately. That's something there I do. Go. I edit. So I used to just let it be whatever it was, but lately I, I edit. So nice. It helps. Oh no, Shelly, I think your computer might be more broken than you think because the audio has gone out several times now. Do you have a microphone? <laughs> I can't, we can't hear you. Sometimes you plug in, uh, headphones or like an outer. <laughs> nope. Do you have headphones? My Zoom call is telling me that I have unstable internet, so that's great. Yeah, you are a little bit choppy. Do you know where your um, Wi-Fi is located in your house? Why was it just working? It's working. Oh, you now. Oh. This is <laughs> There's nothing I can do. <laughs> it was, Shelly, it was working and now it's not. It's just going in and out. It might just be computer brokenness. Do you have uh, headphones with the mic? 
microphones. <laughs> Maybe we're all just secretly really stoned and we just can't hear anything anymore. <laughs> I can hear you just fine. <laughs> I think she can hear us too. I hope my internet doesn't go too choppy because all I have is this little hotspot. Mm. Is that a donut with eyes behind you, Laura? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I swear I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Shelly. Uh, no, we can't hear you. Can you hear us? It's so strange. Maybe it's a setting. I feel like it. something could be doing it to her computer. I mean, if she was muted, we would see that on the screen. Right. Not that. Her headphones might not even have a mic. I'm not sure. I can't tell. I closed at my job last night and woke up and went back. It's my first, what they call, clopin, the close and open. Clopin. Oof. Yep, that's right. Yuck. Yuck. I'm so pooped. <clears throat> it's when you see the sunrise the second time at work that day. <laughs> I did not sleep well either, I'll tell you that much. I was not sleeping well. How's everybody else? Sorry about this. Oh, oh wait, I can hear you now. Uh, she apologizes, and that's all we can hear. <laughs> Sorry. I don't understand. I don't understand. It was working when I was explaining everything. We can hear yeah. you now. It was, yeah. We can hear you now. Did you change anything, or is it just magically happening now? Oh, and she's wait. muting. Oh and no. Fine. <laughs> All right, everyone pitch in like $100. We're going to get Shelly a new laptop. Yeah. And come back to this in a couple hours. <laughs> in other news, I was approved to move into a townhome at Mill oh. Creek with my brother and his girlfriend. So no more Madre's house. No more uh, oh. prison, as you say. <laughs> You've never not lived with a parent, right? Well, I lived with a guy for two years and I couch hopped for a while when I was oh, younger. That's uh, new information. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I never have like actively Been on found a... my own place yeah. and like my um, own way, you know? I can hear you now, Shelly. I know. I was just going to say maybe I should log out and log back in. Okay. Just try to restart. Maybe restart the whole computer even. You can hear me now. Yes. Yeah, it seems to just be choppy. Maybe there's a little... Uh, you know, and you could hear the song before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Screen share. Well, okay. Well, let's just do this. We'll just do this. We'll, we'll go ahead and then I'm just going to edit the... This isn't live on Facebook. Yay, see? <laughs> Good thing I did that. Um, thanks for your patience. So, starting. <laughs> starting. <laughs> Welcome to Reads and Weeds. <laughs> this is a show where we smoke weed and read books. I don't know if you guys have 
are into that, but I have been the membership director for the cannabis love. industry association yeah. and I've work at a farm right now. So I get to stand in plants all day and that's really lovely. And uh, every once in a while we talk about cannabis news, but I haven't really been listening to the news lately just for my mental health. Um, and we've done a lot of things on this show. And one of the things that I was very excited about is for a long time I was wanting to do scripts. And so I put it out there to a lot of theater people like I want to do, you know, us to get together and read scripts. And we, when we are together, I'm so bummed because when we are together, I really bring a spread, right, Nathan? Oh, yeah. That's true. I bring oh, all the fun beverages and snacks. And <laughs> it's great. You were there. You were there. And so this is different because of the pandemic. <laughs> so, but Nathan jumped in and we have done three plays so far. Dog Sees God. Dog, Dog Meets God. God. The See. Whale. The Hamlet. Whale. Hamlet. Mm -hmm. uh, Is that yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, so today we're going to be doing scenes from Homesteaders and Nathan's assembled a cast and they're going to read scenes and I really don't have to do hardly anything except maybe read stage directions, right? Yes, please. Right. And it's good because um, what you won't know once I edit this, but what is true is that I had all kinds of technical fuckery five minutes ago <laughs> and um hopefully the sound the sound continues to work and uh everything will be great and you'll be able to hear these fab this fabulous cast so nathan can you kind of tell me why you chose this play and then introduce the cast by way of asking them to say their name and their character great so okay. um if those of if if anyone out there is familiar with the Carriage House Theater, it's literally a carriage house that carriage was house. a carriage house. It was a theater for five years, and um, uh, Forrest, the director of Homesteaders, like made it into a theater, and so he was always looking for plays that would work in sort of like a log cabin type of uh, you know setting. So he just found, he was just like scanning through a bookcase at his college for plays and it said, there was a play that called Homesteaders and he was like, that sounds like it might be something that would fit in a log cabin. So he picked it up and that's, it's a log cabin in Alaska and it's just a nice little play. Um, the reason that I wanted to do it on Reeds and Weeds is because, well, one, because there's a scene where they're smoking weed, so that helps, uh, just like the whale. And uh, in fact, the same character uh, that, that, I mean, same person that Laura played in The Whale, she, her character in this one is the one smoking weed. Yep. <laughs> so, um, Do you feel typecast, Laura? Do you feel typecast? We need to have a talk with Nathan about this. Play the bratty, bitchy daughter and everything. And that's... Uh, so we're well. We should introduce the the cast individually, but um, yeah, the story of Laura joining the cast is kind of fun. But the play, the reason I wanted to do the play, is because I I've never, and I was saying this when we got together earlier and and read the whole thing. I have never been in a play where six years later, or like you know, a long time later. I still felt like, yeah, I really like and want to get back in touch with everyone in that play. 
Like that's never mm-hmm. been true. <laughs> um, even the like the the plays that I've done on this podcast, not that I have anything against the people who weren't part of it, but I wasn't able to get in touch with them or I just didn't know them well enough to like reach out because not every play experience is one where you like really bond and get to know people on a human level, but we really did. Um, it's one of the, the reason, uh, the reason that this even came up in the first place was I got a Facebook memory that said six years ago and had a picture of me in this play. And when I posted it, I said the happiest I've ever been. And it maybe is, uh, it was so, I, I loved this play so much and I feel so good when I think about it. And I still, I still do. So yeah. That's for sure. That's precious, man. That's good. I can edit that so it's a little less long-windy, but... No, I want more. I want us to cry. I want there to be crying. There might be. There was... We we got together and read the whole play uh, a week ago, and I did cry quite a bit. You did? During Well, during the play, there's a scene where where my character, Jack, very well could be crying, and and that is what happened. Oh, wow. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. So why don't you guys tell us, tell me your, we've already met Nathan, but tell me what character you're going to play. And then we'll go Jamie, Adam, Laurel, Margaret. Right. So go, go around. All right. So that means that's me. I'm Jamie. Yes. yes. <laughs> Jamie. Um, Jamie Weeder. Haha. And I'm playing Edra Stone. I am Jack's lady. I used to be Neil's lady. But, oh, yeah, that'll that'll come to pass maybe in some of the passages we read. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm Adam Weekly. Or, no, Laura, you were gonna go. I well, go know. ahead. It's after you. Uh, sure, I'll go. Um, I'm playing Laurel. My name is Laura McLaren. Um, she's a 14 year old and the daughter of Neil. Uh, which is Adam's character. Um, I actually played the character when I was 14, six years ago. So it was pretty authentic. And uh, now I'm 20, but I still feel so much joy playing her and kind of getting back to my authentic adolescent self. (laughs) But yeah, super, super fun. Yay. Uh, And I'm Adam Weekly. I'm playing Neil Raftery. Brother to Jack, uh, ex to Edra, father to Laurel, and uh, hmm. uh, and I've brought home a new deckhand. Yes. Hey. hey, where are you? Are you? It looks like you're sitting in a black box theater. Where, yeah. where are you? <laughs> oh, actually. Yeah. What is that? Where like are a, you? I'm at work. It's like a screening room. Oh. Uh, it's very okay. quiet and nobody's here. Yeah, well, no, it looks like you're supposed to be doing this. Like, <laughs> we can was... make you into all sorts of characters and just add, <laughs> you can pretend to be 12 people and we'll just keep changing that scene. It looks great. Okay. I had a spot outside that was much more uh, accurate for this show, but the cicadas are really relentless. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's all you would hear. Yeah, which could be cool, but it wouldn't be, <laughs> wouldn't be the right mood, probably. Okay, Margaret. 
Uh, I'm Margaret Rimboski. I am the deckhand that Neil brings home. Jake is my character um, running away from something and I see this beautiful, wonderful, gorgeous, sexy man um, when I get off the boat in Alaska and he offers me a job. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I, I should have said that I'm Nathan Corliss and I'm playing Jack Raftery, Neil's brother. Um, and Jack is just really, really like positive and, and happy. I mean, he, he fights with Neil. He's kind of a dick to Neil, but he's just having a great time all the time. And that is one of the reasons why this show brings me so much happiness is because I had to be in a great mood all the time to play this character. And everybody's always fighting with Neil for good reason. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. I can't wait. Okay, Nathan, tell us what to do. Okay, so we are going to go to page eight. Okay. And, um... <clears throat> we're doing our stage etiquette as well with our blacking out and... No, I don't think we're going to do it like we're performing it. We're just going to kind of like... Yeah, because, uh, again, the audio is the only thing that's going to be put on the podcast. So, like, mm -hmm. let's not worry about turning out on and off screens and stuff like that. And even if, like, we can even just, if someone has a comment during a scene, you know, use your best judgment. But we can we can not take this super seriously like we're performing it. Right. I might mute myself because I might interrupt. I just did it right there. <laughs> See? I'm going to do it now. Okay, Nathan. Well, do I, should I read the setup here? Well, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Um, that's okay. The, se the setup is just this... Um, we're, we're in a cabin in Alaska, which is exactly what the carriage house was set up to be. And there's a whole bunch of stuff on the walls and lots of like cabinets with like supplies and stuff. Cause there's, you know, they only get groceries once a, I don't know, some, some of the time they have to, they have to go out to a, a 50 miles away to get a, to get their supplies and stuff. Um, so yeah, they just it describes the set and describes all the stuff, but basically um, the scene starts with uh, Neil and Jack entering. Neil has just come home from being in town and picking up Jake. All right, ready? Go. I got the carburetor finished, uh, the fish locker rebuilt, so we did some work on the engine. That took a week? We repainted the hull. Well, you sure haven't missed much. Season opened three days ago. We've sold like 10 fish. 27. Really? Edra, you missed me. Got me soaked. 27, are you sure? 26, we ate one. Oh man. Five hours today, all day yesterday, all day the day before. Raining, I'll tell you. Cold as ice. Yeah, I bet you slept till noon. No way, man, we worked. I bet. Hey, Edra, did he work? We worked. Neil spent a whole week in Wrangell repainting his boat hull. Sistine fucking chapel down there. <laughs> I had things to do. Right, and people to meet. Where is she? Out there in the rain. Hey, Jake! Hey, Jake! Oop, I thought you uh, came in with me. Jesus, you live here? I sure do. Let me take that. Look at this place. It's outrageous. Hi, are you Edra? I'm Jake. Nickname, it's Jacqueline. Jake. You got it. You got it. 
this house is too much. You told me you built it. I'm picturing Lincoln logs, cracks in the walls. There are cracks in the walls. It's fabulous. Do uh, all of you live here? Uh-huh. Uh, they just cook here. We used to all sleep here. This cabin is small. Too small for three. Edra and me got that float house down next to the deck. Oh, wow. It's on a raft. Float house, yeah. You been fishing before, Jake? <laughs> no. There's the first time for everyone. Sure. I learned fast. Good. <clears throat> Did Neil let you steer? Jake drove the whole way down. I couldn't peel her away from the wheel. It was gorgeous. So wild. We didn't pass a house all day. The boonies, yeah. But nothing. Trees and water. It's like going back in time. I didn't realize you lived so far from town. 50 miles. Is that all? <laughs> you don't think that's enough? It feels farther. It feels like a whole different world. We saw a whale. Oh yeah, which one? Bruce. Ah, now, now he's the one that's getting it on with old Ma Baker, right? Real macho guy that spouts a lot. He came up right next to the boat. I could see his eyes. A whale's eyes. I get any mail? Not this week. Got a worker's vanguard I could show you. Killer article on China. Oh, yes. And a postcard from the suburbs. Mary Beth, our sister. Three offspring and a lawyer husband. White sheep of the family. Cape Cod. They're roughing it. Dear Jack, of course you didn't mention me. She might have if you'd write to her. She's asked about you every time. Uh, how, how's Neil's foot? Tell her it's great. Tell her yourself. It was your idea to get back in touch with Mary Beth. She's our sister, for Christ's sake. What's this? <sighs> Some forest circus asshole came by in a float plane and handed those out. We're supposed to fill them out and return them by the 30th of June. Estimated materials cost? What is this? Appraisal of property. Guess Uncle Sam plans on raising our rent. <clears throat> so much for material costs. Did you get me those books? Let's go unload. Uh, I want to get my boots off. Should we leave your stuff at your place? Yeah, just dump it, sure. Did you get me those tenants' rights books? Come on, give me a hand. You didn't? Christ, you didn't. The library was closed. All week? The Wrangell Public Library was closed all week. I forgot, all right? No, it's not all right. We need that information. How much does it take? Three lousy books. Hey, take off your rain gear. You're, you live here now. I don't believe it. Every time he goes to town, on purpose, man, I swear. If I was a diabetic, he'd forget my insulin. Um, oh, you could hang it on the porch. Thanks. You want some coffee? I'd kill for some coffee. It's on the stove. Do they um, argue a lot? They're brothers. I don't have any brothers. Sisters? Just me. You looking for something? Milk for my coffee. Oh. Take sugar? Sweet and low. Nope. I'll drink it black. That's a good idea. Whoa. What is this, espresso? It's been on the stove all day. It's pretty strong, huh? Robust. Can I help you unpack? 
You don't know where anything goes. You could show me. Top shelf on the left. Neil told me the three of you built this place? Yeah. I used to dream of a cabin like this. Did the roof leak? <laughs> wow. Jack, he eats it on everything. Do you all switch off cooking? Do we what? You mean you do all of it? Neil made a pancake once. What a mensch. How long have you lived here? Five years. How'd you get here? Same as you. You're kidding me, you were a deckhand? I still am a deckhand. Is that how you first met your husband? Jack's not my husband. I thought Neil said you were married. Wrong, we're engaged. Oh, congratulations. The last four years. Oh. It's a start. Over there. You sure keep this place stocked. We don't shop much. The store's 50 miles. Wait, aren't there stores in Shelter Cove? This is Shelter Cove. That cove right over there, that's it. You mean this is downtown? How many people live here? 14. 14? 15 now, you. Jesus Christ. Something wrong? <laughs> no, this is terrific. <laughs> I thought there was more of a town from what Neil said. <laughs> I guess he didn't say much. You didn't ask? I wanted the job. Why? Neil. How did you meet him? Luck. Just pure luck. I got off the ferry in Wrangell. I didn't know what I was going to do next. Scared to death. Neil was standing there staring at me. He had his boat up in one of those dry dock racks, hull paint dripping off his brush. I don't know who said hi. He asked me where I was from and I burst into tears. Yeah. And when was this? Monday. Four days ago. Right. And you just jumped on the boat and came back here to live with him. I'm working for him. I'm his deckhand. Oh, that too. Neil asked me to fish with him. I want to try it, all right? What are you planning on doing in Wrangell? I heard it was pretty. I heard there were jobs. I wanted to change. You from down south? New York. That's south. Why'd you leave? You ask a lot of questions. I don't know you. No, you don't. <gasps> oh god. Oh my god. A bald eagle. Where is it? Uh, right there in that tree. Get out of here. Scram. That was an eagle. You're dirty birds. Eagles? Trash pickers, ugh. I never saw one before. You wanna see eagles, go to the dump back and wrangle. They circle around like flies. Where are you going? Outhouse. Let's pause there since we have a, a CB radio exchange. Um, and also, yeah, I wanna to skip to a different part. Okay, so good job guys. Um, that's sort of the introduction of everybody except Laurel. Uh, and yeah, sorry, Shelly. I know I said, you know, read some of the stage directions, but like it's It would have been it would have it would have maybe been helpful for the Tabasco, for the bourbon. Yeah, the Tabasco, the that. bourbon, for um 
maybe people leaving, like entering and exiting, but eh. yeah, only a couple of things. And like, I know the script, so I'm thinking like, oh, she should have read, but like, that's, yeah. Well, um, if you want me to on the next one, just let me know. But you know what? I, re I realized when I read it, I was trying to read this earlier and I didn't get all the tension that's obvious when you hear it read aloud. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, it is. It's small. Oh, yeah. They just met. Like, and I'm getting it. It's an awkward scene now. It's like, oh, yeah. It sets it up right away. It's like, I can see all the things that could possibly go wrong now. <laughs> There's also the fact that that uh, Edra is seeing Jake here being brought to the house in the same way that she was long, mm -hmm. long ago. Yeah. Edra's the tension like, oh, plays really well. In the, in the carriage house was such a small space. Um, I think it was 16 foot by 24 feet was the size of it. And yeah. put... 25 audience members in there that leaves you like a four by eight sheet of plywood to do a show <laughs> on more or less. Yeah. yeah. This was perfect though because there's five of us in the cast and then we had Forrest and like a few helpers you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah and I bet it felt the tension. I bet you could feel the tension. This wasn't one where the started sinking was it? That was the of decline. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was like, oh, the one I saw was just a few people in a little house, but I guess that <laughs> kind of made, but it was sinking. I clearly remember that. Um, so I also realized there's so much, really everything unfolds right away, right? You, you immediately, I don't know what's going to happen. I am clueless, <laughs> but I am seeing that a lot of things are going to blow up, right? Well, just take me to the next scene. Take me to the next scene. Sure. sure. So there's a there's a part that I wanted to read because it it gets at some of the themes and and stuff. So I want to go to page twenty. Um. So Jack has just told a story about, uh, like. Uh, this this sort of um, this sort of pretentious guy uh, talking about like I'm fighting at the bar fighting, fighting at the bar, bar. Yeah. and then yeah and so I want to just sort of get start at the end of that story and and start from there. So I'm going to start with you got to understand that what you're dealing with here is frontier mentality. Uh, Wait, where is it? Page twenty. Page twenty. Okay, and right before that happened, just to set it up, they're kind of picking on each other about who's gone bougie. And, right. you know, it's kind of this pioneer guys trying to out pioneer guy each other, but it's also like brothers who this is probably how they always mess with each other. So they're having that little fight and you're getting used to that idea. Yeah, and so then, we, go back yeah. And forth, we go back and forth about like, oh, Neil's gone bourgeois because he built, uh, he got a boat. Uh, yeah. And like, well, you've got electricity and you've got whatever. Yeah. Um, and Should we take a moment to discuss the time period? Maybe oh. mention that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us about that. Um, yeah, so it's this is happening in the summer of 1979. Um, just to, so the political scene there, you can imagine, you know, you got your squares, your hippies, your people who want to support the government, the people who are completely against the government. Mm-hmm. 
I guess is my sim- overly simplistic way of right, right. <laughs> which sounds eerily familiar to every other era in American history. Um, it's like, wow, this sounds like yesterday. It was yesterday, it was 1979. I get it. Um, so all okay. of us homesteaders who went off the map and and moved to Alaska were definitely anti-establishment. Like, you know, be your own boss. Yeah, uh, and we're there's some stuff that I think we might have skipped that talks about that. Uh, during our little fight, I also say, you know, you've gone bourgeois, uh, Neil, you've gone New Canaan, um, which doesn't necessarily mean anything to the audience, but Neil reacts as like, why'd you say that, Jack? Fuck you. Like, don't don't talk about that, <laughs> yeah, which is a little seed of like something. Yeah, New Canaan. I didn't even get that reference. I wasn't supposed to, right? No, you're not supposed to, but you'll okay. see why that struck a nerve for okay. later on. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, ready to start the scene? Do you want me to read stage directions or no? Um, let me see. Uh, you can read Edra slamming down her potholder. Okay. Um, yeah, book and have all the stage directions just kind of quickly. I think it would do well. What'd you say? I think it would do well to do the stage directions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Where cool. are we starting? Uh, page 20, middle of my line. You got to understand that what you're dealing with here is frontier mentality. These are the last of the cowboys, these guys. The last frontier. Jack, that's bullshit. What? The the Baker Bar? That's the last chance saloon, man. That's straight from John Wayne. So? That isn't frontier. Frontier means... Well, it, it used to mean someplace wide open. The edge of the world. There's still some places where... Places, sure. There's Buffalo, too, but they're all in a zoo. There's no last frontier. I wish there was. I'd be there. Outer space. Right. Mars. (laughs) Hey, Adra, what's for dinner? Bear. Again? Bear? It's either that or hot dogs. Uh, I thought we used them all up. Those hefty bags in the freezer we thought were old fish bake turned out to be bear steaks. Uh, I wish I'd never shot that son of a bitch. You shot it? Last fall, we've been eating them all winter. It was our first, see, they last. I bet. We always do a little hunting in the fall when the fish season folds down. Last year, uh, we had a good one. I got a bear, uh, Edra bagged a four point buck, and Jack. Uh, Jack lucked out. Jack shot a deer that turned out to be a Forest Service pup tent. No one was in it. Crying shame, man. Better dead than fed. <laughs> we should have saved the tent and cooked it. Probably better than that bear. <laughs> so would your shoes. <laughs> Edra slams down her pot holder, starts to walk away. What did I say? Nothing. Nothing. She goes back to work. Neil and Jack exchange looks. <clears throat> I can't wait to try it. You never had bear? Where have you been? New York. Fucking A, a New Yorker. Did Neil tell you we lived there? No. We, we, nev- we didn't live there. Uh, passed through. Flying visitor, three or four years. I thought you grew up in... Ontario. Canada, right. Denorwick, Ontario. Born and raised in Denorwick. Yes, sirree, Bob. But we spent a few years in New York. When was this? Lord, history, before Dick Nixon. How 
did you make it from Denorwick to, first of all, where is Denorwick? Uh, midway between Borup's Corners and Wabagoon, due north of Hibbing. Real nice place to be from. It's small. It's wee, minute, yet distinguished. The home of the annual Miss Denorwick Log Rolling Contest and the Denorwick Do Drop In. What does your father do? Neil? He was a logger. <clears throat> Is he retired? Very. Oh. Cirrhosis. What about your mother? She's still putting around someplace, I think. What do you think, Neil? Is this thing done yet? I'm starved. Time, it's still half raw. Don't you want to talk about... No. ...the Norwick? I said no. In case you haven't heard it, Jake, the motto of this state is North to the Future, the obverse of which is fuck the past. You don't have that part on the license plate. Well, they should. Did you read that thing about the license in New Hampshire? It says live free or die, right? State motto. Well, so some New Hampshireite decides he doesn't like live free or die. Nobody's going to tell him to live free or die. And he's damned if he's going to drive around this propaganda for live free or die. So he sues the state and they say, tough boy, them's the rules. You want to drive, you drive, live free or die. So he says, what the, kind of, what the hell kind of living free is this where I can't even put what I want on my license plate? And they say, well, you got alternatives. You can always die. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> That's the government, all right. Live free as long as they let you and die when they tell you to. All right, let's pause there. Um, I, found, I found this in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I had this, I think I got this when I was in Homesteaders, and I thought about wearing it, but I asked Robin if that was a good idea, and she said it wasn't. For the podcast listeners, it was a t-shirt that says Alaska, oh, the last yeah. frontier. Sorry, <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll tell you what, that's one thing I'm really just super unaware of. Even we're in the studio, even when we're in the studio, not on Zoom or anything, I'm still unaware of how many visual references I make. <laughs> it's like, well... They get it. Surely they get it. Um, so why did you choose this scene? Um, so the idea of the, the last frontier and go, like Neil and, and all of us, but, uh, but Neil kind of as the driving force just has this desire to go away from everything that he knows and do something new. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of it turns out to be um, extreme enough that it's a it's a problem for for his life. I feel like the oh. are foreshadowing for what happens in the later scenes for sure. Okay, interesting. Okay, and is the little exchange about where they came from also yeah. a little okay? That is yeah. also an important little, uh little uh yeah foreshadowing yeah and the fact that they're eating bears is, is fun <laughs> yes it's true it's true i have personally never had bear anyone <laughs> oh anyone if you're listening and you've tried bear let us know what it's like <laughs> send us your best you know 
free range Alaskan bear recipes. We um, a bear up here in the Upper Peninsula, and a little tidbit is they bait bear with candy and fatty foods mm. so that when they really? kill the bear, the meat is sweet. Oh and my god! That's oh what they. Oh my do. god! Humans so you've tried bear? I haven't. Eaten. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot though yeah probably not probably not but you but it is okay all right it might so be hard to be a around in alaska yeah, hard to be yeah. vegetarian up here too so i get yeah. it yeah. yeah um okay so where to next all right so i want to so the next thing that happens next big thing that happens is that laurel shows up played by laura and Jake is like, I didn't know you had a daughter. And he was like, ah, I'm sure I mentioned her. Uh, but he didn't. And he on purpose didn't because he was afraid that she wouldn't agree to come stay with him. Um, and he also almost is refuses to drive her back to town because it's 50 miles. And, you know, he only really needs, he, he only goes up and, and down uh, every some amount of time. So for a second, it's like Jake's trapped here now and she doesn't want to be here. But ultimately, uh, Neil's like, well, if you really don't want to stay, I will drive you back. I'm really sorry. This didn't work out. And then Jake's like, no, I'll stay. And me and Laurel just find out. gone fishing yet. Give it a chance. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, I want to get to the scene where Laurel and Jake bond-ish. So I'm going to skip to... <laughs> 30 page 36 this is also going to be the, the thing with the weed which is a uh, uh, necessary for the podcast <coughs> that's true so page 36 jake's line what's it like here in winter is where i'd like to start and uh yeah shelly could you read anything that's like not exp- that that can't be um communicating acting okay like neil gets up and goes to the window we can't do okay. that but like yeah right okay all right ready uh this is uh neil and jake are having a little you know kind of sexually charged moment together after um after spending time in the sauna that that i think jack and or so, so I, I don't know someone has a sauna We've come in from the sauna and left everybody else out. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Whenever you're ready. What's it like here in the winter? Wonderful. Everyone leaves. The logging camps shut down. The sailboats and the tourists all go south. No one left here but the people who really love it. The ones who are committed to it. That's when it gets really Alaska. Does the cove freeze over? Mm. It's salt. Uh, the ice forms along the edges, very brittle, very pretty. The waterfalls freeze solid on the cliffs. All those muskeg streams, they freeze. The beach just piles up with snow. It sounds beautiful. Oh, it is. It's dead and raw, like looking a wolf right in the eye. You've done that. Yes. I've typed. Well, that's not all you've done. 
No. I've Xeroxed. You came to Alaska. I had to get out. What do you call it, again, when a whale jumps clear out of the water? Breaching. It's called breaching. Why do they do it? Nobody really knows. They're, there's theories. They, they really don't know. Looks like they're trying to fly. Yes, it does. That's how I felt coming up here. I mean, Neil, I'm from Scarsdale. I don't care where you're from, Jake. I, I just care that you left. I care where I'm from. I hated it. I was supposed to grow up in the forest like you did. I can't conceive of your childhood. Growing up in a logging camp, fighting with your father like that. It's like a movie to me. It's like fiction. Jake. What was your father like sober? He wasn't. Not ever? Not after the leg. A chainsaw accident. My parents got things like hemorrhoids and liver spots. Our lives are so different. They aren't. Not now. Neil, I got a letter today from my roommate in New York. She wants to know what she should do with my stuff. What did you tell her? What should I tell her? It's your stuff. It's your house. Neil gets up and goes to the window. Why did you ask me here? What? You don't need my help on the boat. You steer with the stern tiller half the time anyway, just out of habit. It makes me feel foolish. I'll try and remember. That isn't the point. You don't need a deckhand. I told you that. I, I fished alone for years and I liked it that way. Well, then why am I here? Are you sorry that you came? Of course not. How could you think that? You said that... I don't know what you want from me. Am I working for you? Do I live here? Where do I stand? You're asking me too much. I've been here a whole month without asking anything. You're 24, Jake. A month means a lot. I was married for 10 years. I know. Jake, the first time I saw you standing on that dock and wrangle with your backpack and that suitcase. <laughs> I don't even know how to tell you. You look like the world was wide open for you. Everything new. I'm so glad you're here. So am I. They kiss, it gets passionate, and they slide down onto the couch. Laurel appears on the porch wearing an oversized t-shirt and flip-flops. She opens the door, takes in the scene, slams it loudly, and deliberately runs off. Jake sits up abruptly. Laurel? Shit. Was it Laurel? Who else? Damn, here we are on her bed. Don't, I feel guilty. Of course, that's exactly what she wants. She was just coming in for her clothes. Look at this, the, the big door slam. This ought to be good for another week of the damaged teen act. She is damaged. You think I don't know that? I I've, I've seen her for two months since she was eight years old. What can I do? I didn't mean... She's my kid, for Christ's sake. She's my daughter. Don't you think it hurts me to see what she's turned into? I like her. 
I wish I stood up to my father like that. It doesn't help to indulge her. She's playing games with you. Put yourself in her place. You're her father. Who am I? Neil gets up, grabs his boots, and heads for the door. Are you going to go talk to her? I'm going to split some more wood. Oh, Neil. I'll see you later. Neil exits, picking up the splitting mall. Jake sighs, drains her drink. She goes to the cassette player and changes the tape to a 70s folk rock song by a female vocalist. Laurel comes quietly onto the porch. She looks around behind her, then peeks through the crack of the door. Jake refills her glass. She realizes that Laurel is watching and moves quickly to the door. Laurel? Laurel pushes past her and gets out a blow dryer. Look, we might as well talk to each other. I understand how you- Shut up. She turns on the dryer. The cabin lights dim. Oh, come on. Dryer buzz. I am sick of this, Laurel. Shuts off the dryer. You're a whore. Turns it back on. Jake pulls out the plug. Don't call me names. You don't even know me. You're screwing my father. Yeah, I am. Do you want to know why? Because he pays you. You're a whore. Does it ever occur to you that you're not the only person on earth who's lonely? You don't know the first thing about me. Yes, I do. You're an only child. Your parents are divorced. That's right. Exactly like you. I am not like you. You fuck with men. I'm ten years older than you. I don't care. I can fuck who I want. He's my father. Look, this is awkward for me, too. Can I dry my hair now? It's not even wet. Laurel rose up the dryer cord angrily. And he doesn't pay me. I felt too weird about it. What? Are you rich or something? I've got $80 in traveler's checks and a ferry ticket. I'm rolling in wealth. You want some bourbon? I don't like it. It makes me puke. How about a joint? You got dope? Can I roll it? Sure. Front pocket of my pack. Starts up the loft ladder, stops and turns. This doesn't mean I like you. Who says I like you? Climbs up, gets a Ziploc pouch, starts rolling a joint. Do we have to listen to this crud? Whatever you want. Super tramp. All right. She changes the tape. A loud blast of pop rock. Jane turks, Jake turns it way down. Oh, cut me a break. I can't even hear it. Sure you can. Louder. I'll meet you halfway. She turns it up a little, picks up her drink, and climbs to the loft. So, is it right in San Francisco where you live? In Sausalito. That's supposed to be nice. It's a pit. Really? Yeah, ritzy titsy tourist shit. It's gross. You roll a mean joint. Well, what else is there to do in junior high? Good point. What does your mother do? What is this, a family trait? I'm just trying to be friendly. Okay, fine, we'll get stoned and stare at the wall. What does your father do? 
fix his teeth. Oh, gross me out. He's a dentist? Please, orthodontist. Celia's a therapist. What kind of therapy? Psychoanalysis? Mm, acupressure. Postural reintegration. She plays with people's bodies. Do you live alone, the two of you? <laughs> I wish. A boyfriend? Not anymore. She married it. <laughs> Ask me to call him dad. Fuck that. What does he do? He screws her. Does he work? He sells stuff, swimming pools and stuff. He's a fucking moron. Picks up a sweater and pulls it on. That's mine. Yeah, so? You know, they just had a kid. Really? Justin Avery. Is that a revolting name or what? So you're not an only child. I'm daddy's only child. Is he good in bed? Come on, I thought we were past all that. Well, is he? Drop it. You know, he's got a big dick. Do you ask your mother that kind of question? No, I don't have to. She leaves the door open. Oh, God. Is he good in bed? Cut it out. I'm just trying to be friendly. Ugh. Can't I ask you questions? <laughs> Not like that. Okay. Like you asked me about your growing up and stuff. All right. When's the first time you got laid? I said no sex. You said no daddy. How old were you for your first time? 17. <laughs> that old? Did it hurt? <laughs> Laurel! Francine told me it kills the first time. Who's Francine? Her parents run the Baker Bar, you know. She's got the frizzy blonde hair. I'm not sure I... And the double D tits. Oh, her. Sure, I know her. How could you miss her? You guys are friends? <laughs> yeah, sure. She's the only person anywhere near my age. When you and Daddy sell fish, do you spend a lot of time in Baker? Not usually. Why? I don't know. Nothing. I was just kind of wondering if you might know some people. Like who? Just some people. You know a guy named Mick Beale? Dick Beale? Mick. Mick Beale. He's a tall guy with a dirty blonde beard. He's got a sailboat called the Lila. I don't know him. Mick Beale. Let's pause. Do you know Ted Osterman? Can we pause there? Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about time. How much time do you think we have, Shelley? Oh, like 40 minutes. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. I love that scene because like there, you can suddenly see, I don't know what's going to happen with them after, but mm -hmm. you can suddenly see like, if they would have met in other circumstances, they probably would have just been buddies, you know, like you can just see it. It's like, this is weird. They're in the middle of the wilderness. This is a weird dynamic. But if they had just met each other in other circumstances, they're just two girls with divorced parents, like shooting the shit, you know? So. Yeah. And Laurel and I are closer in age than me and Neil. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, yes. That's interesting. Yes. Oh, God. That's that's interesting too. Yeah, and Laurel has like what fourteen, fifteen people in her radius, so she just has to talk to all the adults all the time. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Why'd you choose that scene? Um. Why did I choose that scene? Uh. It has weed in it. It has weed in it. I mean, I mean, weed in it. I wanted the weed. And I just wanted, that's like maybe the best Laurel scene. And I wanted to make sure everyone got a good scene. Uh, But I also want to skip to later on in this scene, there's a fight. And there's, I feel like it's been kind of low energy. So let's, let's get to the fight scene. With the gum. Can we go back to this for just a sec before, since we're on the show? Um, sure, sure. Yeah. In the, in the scene where Laura rolls the joint. Yeah. There was, there was a joint like stash somewhere. And oh God. <laughs> Don't tell him it wasn't. this. And <laughs> she, she rolled a mean one on stage. <laughs> I had, oh I, really? I was literally 14. I'd never smoked weed before. And they tried to teach me how to roll a joint for the show, but I wasn't very good at it. So we just had a pre-rolled one. Yeah. And it was always supposed to be in that little baggie when I go up the stairs in the carriage house. Uh-huh. And we were on stage, Margaret and I doing our scene and I was shuffling in the bag and I saw there was nothing in there, but thank God there were papers in the bag too. So <laughs> this like, little flimsy pin joint. I didn't even know how to do it. And it looked fine on stage, I guess. Just so they tell me, maybe they're making me feel better because I know it's not very good. <laughs> it's a skill. We people did just get it, through it though. I know, but people make it look easy, but I've been trying to use a little rolling, you know, a little rolling machine, little plastic thing with the plastic on it. And those look like they're supposed to be so easy, but they're not. Not everybody's good at it. Not everybody's good at it. So. Everyone seems to like little cones these days. Pre-made cones are easy. Yeah. Well, it's good, though, to be able to, I don't know. I like the mechanics of it, the hands-on kind of crafting of it. It's interesting. Um, Yeah. And was that the first time in the play that Laurel and Jake hang out, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first time, okay. Yeah, yeah. well, um, there's the dynamic where Jake meets me and I'm just pissed that Jake is yeah. there at all. So we don't really talk, but Jake is like, perceives Laurel and then is like, what the hell, you have a kid. So I guess they kind of meet, but that's where we sit down and, you know, smoke a joint and kind of talk yeah. to each other about yeah. And Thanks for yeah. pulling that relevant information in there, Nathan. Yeah. Um, so the next scene we're going to do, uh, Neil and Laurel get into a big fight because Laurel has gum. And if you have gum, that means you got it from somewhere. And when you're living in Shelter Cove, Alaska, the only place you can get it from is town, which means that she went, she must have gone to town without telling Neil. And that must have mean she took the boat. And so there's this whole argument that that unravels. And uh, Edra is like, Edra doesn't approve of the way that Neil treats Laurel sometimes and tries to get involved. And Jack is always like pulling her away and like, don't, 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 don't do that. Just let them do their messed up father-daughter thing. And then also Jake is now in in the mix and, and also tries to like, you know, stand up for Laurel um 
and it's just a whole it's a whole thing and then the fight culminates with uh a big reveal the big reveal by laurel so that's what we're going to get into next Ooh, okay that's fine so what um page 47 47 okay and it starts with laurel where did you get that gum You got it, Laura? Oh, okay, there. Yeah, I got it. All right. Laurel, where'd you get that gum? I got money. It's my money. Where did you get it? Uh, Ozzy gave me the gum for helping her in the garden. Bullshit. I helped her weed and she gave me some bubble gum, okay? (laughs) You don't trust me. You never fucking trust me. Can I call up O.C.? No, fuck you. You were at Point Baker, weren't you? With Francine and that sailboat creep. God, just because I have a stick of gum doesn't mean- Where else would you get it? I told you, it's from O.C. Liar. (laughs) Liar, huh? Wonder where I learned that. Laurel, look. It's five miles of very dangerous water between here and Point Baker, and that Boston whaler's no toy. No, I didn't take your precious fucking boat. They came and got me. Oh, so you were in Point Baker. Yeah, so what if I was? What am I supposed to do all day? Pick berries? Pull up Ozzy's fucking chickweed? I'm climbing the walls in this place. There's nothing to do. You knew that, Laurel. You were here last summer. (laughs) She wasn't. Laurel? It was your idea to come back. Oh, yeah, big choice. Stay at home and change the pampers on that shitty little Justin while my mother fights with Rob. That would have been real fun. Hey, don't blame me for Justin and Rob. No, I blame you for Celia. Why didn't you stop her from leaving you? That's enough. Why did you ask me up here in the first place? Why did you get back in touch with us? It was five fucking years. You are not to go to Point Baker without my permission. And you are not to hang out with Francine and those men. Mm, come off it. To... Yes. Sorry. <laughs> come off it. You don't give two shits what I do. You don't even know half the time. You never pay any attention. That's not true. You shut up. You got some kind of nerve making rules for me. You don't even know me. You don't even know who I am. You're my daughter. So what? What does that even mean? You never spend time with me. You, we never do anything. Look, I, I spent 800 bucks on that busted engine. I've got three and a half months to make my living for the year. I can't exactly spend it keeping you amused. I know. So what do you want from my life? You know what, why the hell did you even have a kid? Beats me. Neil. Oh, that is too much, that really is. Neil gets up, violently shoving the coffee table and knocking several things off it. He crosses the room. Jesus Christ. We were talking about gum. Laurel? Reaches to comfort her. Laurel ignores her. She stares at Neil's back. After a pause, after a pause she says thickly, Thomas Allen Lowry Third. Born Brooklyn, New York, 1941. Aaron, 
Jr. and Irene. New Canaan High School, Choke Prep School, Columbia University. Half a BA, SDS. 1965, marries Celia Millis and gives birth to... What is she talking about? Me. Me. I don't get it. It doesn't really matter, Laurel. I, I would have told her myself. No, like hell you would have. Why didn't you then? I swear to God I'm going to smack you. Why don't you? At least it'd be something. Thomas Lowry III? That used to be my name. What do you mean? That was my name. I changed it. You aren't Neil Raftery. I am Neil Raftery. I used to be Tom Lowry. How can you? Why? We changed our minds. We? Them. Oh, God. Why can't you just mind your own business? It is my own business. I've got four last names. Would someone please explain this to me? All right, look. We left New York in 68 because of the, the political scene there was... SDS. Yeah, I, I was in it, yeah. What happened? In SDS, we went to meetings and yelled at each other. But what did you do? I mean, why were they after you? Well, they weren't. Well, who? I don't know, the government? The police? They weren't, I don't think. Then why did you, I don't understand. Why did you leave New York? Why did you need an alias? We didn't, we were sick of being who we were. Is that all? That's all. Not quite. See, I dodged the draft. Oh, oh. Well, that explains why you... No, no, Jake, it, it doesn't. That might have been the impetus, but it wasn't the reason. We changed our names because we wanted to. We decided to be other people. And we are now. Like fun. <laughs> uh, will you keep your mouth shut? Oh, gosh. Is this me? Oh, I think it no, it's Laurel. Laurel. I think my internet's cutting out a little bit. <laughs> oh! It was, cut, it was cutting out earlier when you did the reveal, and it was like, Thomas <laughs> Allen Lowry. I know. It was dramatic. It was dramatic. <laughs> it, was, it, it made it better. I, think, I thought it made it so much better. Internet the next week, I swear. <laughs> um, we could... We could kind of skip some of this stuff now that we've that's naturally happened. Um, I mean, you get the idea. We we let's let's go to we burned Dan's draft card. I'm Dan, by the way. Jack is Dan. We're Jack only like Dan. a feed end of that if we were to just pick it up where we left. Yeah. Uh, sure. Hold on a second. So so. We would go to meetings that explains the impetus, but not the reason. Like fun. Will you keep your mouth shut? Are we going to miss? I feel like we need to hear that, right? Sure. Okay. Let's, let's yeah. keep going. Yeah. Why should I? Their father's looking. Laurel, I'll tell him myself. Yeah, go ahead. I'm all ears. 
And don't yeah. leave anything out. Don't forget choke. Just wait. You're not going to get me. Dan was drafted in August of 68. So we decided to. Dan? This is Dan. Hi. Points to Jack. Hi. We decided to split for Canada, and Celia and the kid went with us. Oh, yeah, I had shitloads to do with this choice. I was two. Laurel. First, we went to Montreal, crammed full of the same pseudo-political assholes we left in New York to get away from. You can't light the stove without a Marxist dialectic. Everyone is from Long Island. It's draft dodger chic. We wanted a fresh start, a new life. So we bought a Studebaker station wagon and took off cross country. The story comes in as we're driving across the flattest, most dismal part of Saskatchewan, just drooling for the Rockies and the other side. Celia's driving, Laurel's car sick and screaming bloody murder. <laughs> Not much has changed. We say to ourselves, who the fuck wants to be from New Canaan, Connecticut? Why carry that around? We're free. We're starting over. No one knows a thing about us. We burned Dan's draft cards, and uh, while we were at it, we burned a lot else. Driver's licenses, passports, social security cards, student IDs, and Laurel's birth certificate, my marriage you license. Burn my birth certificate? Your name was Allison at first. You changed my name? We burned photos, letters. Socks, Trojans. The Prophet. Goodbye, Khalil. Allison. Gross. You were lucky. Celia was all for an Indian name. A uh, little crow feather. Running duck. <laughs> Sitting Studebaker. <laughs> uh, Raftery was from a one-legged drunk we met in a bar in Moose Jaw. Yeah, he, he told us to call him Dads, so look him up on it. Why <laughs> uh, <laughs> Neil and Jack? Oh, Kerouac and Cassidy. We were into the beats. On the road. You ever read it? Denorwick? Denorwick. Fucking Denorwick. <laughs> Is there a Denorwick? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, we, we drove through there on our way out west. Uh, stopped and had pancakes. Pancakes and pie. <laughs> you lied to me. Jake. I don't even know who you are. I'm Neil Raftery. That's just a story. Well, that's who I am now. Who cares who I was? We made this decision 11 years ago. We chose an identity. What makes that a lie? <clears throat> if a woman wears a wig and you don't know it, is she bald? What? Jack, <laughs> please. Wait, who's bald? Nobody's bald. I know, it was, it was meant to be like a zen parable. Like, like you know, <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest. Stow it, Jack. <laughs> Your father's not a logger. You went to prep school. Our father is a dead, one-legged, alcoholic logger. No, he's not. They must mean Mr. Lowry. You want to know what Mr. Lowry does? Thomas Allen Jr., John Birch, Rotarian, and VF Dub. Mr. Lowry owns the factory that makes the machines that make the little alligators for IZOD shirts. 
Now tell me that's a heritage. He doesn't really. He does. Makes the alligators. He makes the machines. The machines make the gators. America sews with a Lowry embroiderer. This cuts both ways, Jake. The man disowned us both. He cut us from his will. All through high school, I wasn't allowed to mention Tom's name in the house. Then I dodged the draft, and the old man threw me out. So we moved to Norwick. But it's a lie. So what? It's a good lie. New Canaan can shrivel and rot for all I care. Denorwick, I like. And I like Neil and Jack. We chose Neil and Jack. And look at yourself. Your, name, your real name isn't Jake. That's different. It's a nickname. Why, you can only make a change if it's a timid one? We did the same thing as you. We just took it a lot further. You told me before that you wanted to breach, to step out of your life and start over. We did that. And look where we live now, Jake. Look who we are. Nobody gave us this. Everything we have now, we made. Burning those cards was a pledge, a commitment to change. You started to tell me this earlier. Yes. You did? A commitment to change? She gets her wallet from one of the clothes piles and crosses to the stove. She takes off a burner, flickering bottom light. Jake removes her ID cards and drops them into the fire. First one, then a second, then several at once. Beaming, she looks back at Neil. I'm from Shelter Cove, Alaska. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, do we get a new name? I'll keep Jake. I think I might puke. I'm not done yet. She gets out the ferry ticket envelope we saw in scene one and heads back towards the stove. What's that? My ticket. Jake, what are you doing? I'm cutting my ties. She throws the ticket into the stove, crosses to Neil. I'm glad, Laurel told me. It'll be different now. You won't have to keep any secrets. She embraces him. Neil doesn't know how to take this. His arms hang at his sides. Edra chuckles. Neil grabs Jake and kisses her with fierce and sudden passion. Laurel watches a moment, then heads for the door. Laurel. Laurel bangs the door open. Neil and Jake turn to face her. I hate you. Hey, Laurel. You know, some things you can't burn. Oh, that was juicy. I didn't yeah. see that coming. I feel like such a dope that I didn't get, I didn't, Jack and Neil seems like the most obvious thing <laughs> in the world. Like, why wouldn't I notice that in the very first scene that it was Jack and Neil? It's so, duh. <laughs> I can't believe it. We had wow. goatees in the play. It was a little more obvious. You had what? <laughs> We had a goatee then, it was a little more obvious. <laughs> wow. Damn. Where, when you guys did this in the show, did people audibly, what was the audience like during this scene? 
There's tons of funny scenes. That was my, like, the highlight of it. Like, there were very sad and depressing scenes, but the funny scenes, the whole audience would just giggle or laugh out loud, and that was probably my favorite part, for sure. Yeah. Was this, could you hear the audience react during this reveal scene? Do you remember? You could really feel the audience turn on you, because, like, I'm so need to everybody the whole time. It's it's hard to not feel it from the audience and yeah. energy when they're like that close to you, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> close enough to stab. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is probably when did you guys do this? Six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The um, wait a minute. Are you chatting? Yes. Yeah, so. Oh, okay. There's several photos from the play in on this link. Oh. So when you go to the link, you've got a picture from Hamlet, and but then next to that in the upper right corner, that's uh, Edra and Jake. Oh. And Margaret. Margaret with her short hair. All that stuff on the walls and the laundry hanging up, and the there's a little window that had the bald eagle next out out of it outside of it. And then if you scroll down, there's uh, several, uh, there's like a whole chunk of like five or six pictures. I'll um, make sure when I'm putting it out that I'll get that link from you because I don't want to like look at it right now. Um, Yeah, my death is funny to me. I love that one. So so if this was six years ago, I think this scene would have felt completely different than it does now because I feel like there's so many people who would go like, maybe I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know? Maybe I'd like to move into the wilderness and cut myself off from every political maelstrom, you, you know, just kind of like a friend of mine and I were trying <laughs> I think to... I it resonates really strongly right now. Yes, it very much does. And what's that? When we read it last time, just like about a week ago, I think, uh, after the play was over, we all were like, oh, we still in this day and age, not six years ago, six years later, we all want to leave. We want to change yeah. in the perfect world. If we had that choice, I mean, why not? Yeah. And it, so it seems like, I think at a different age, it would seem like the weirdest, most plausible, unplausible thing in the world. But right now it's kind of like, I could see some folks doing this, you know, mm-hmm. just like, I don't want to be in this world anymore. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to like that. Yeah. And then the other big, huge reveal is the machine tycoon thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's mind blowing too. Although I guess I've known enough people who have gone out into the wilderness that were like rich suburban people that fled into the wilderness. Like I do know that story in real life. So that part I, is totally plausible. So that was good. Good job. Is there anything else you want to say about that scene or what's next? Um, I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> that seems a lot. Like the whole switch is just kind of all wrapped in there. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Like, and then Margaret's like, fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> Right. And that's probably like the best part. And Laurel, of course, is just her pissed, angry self. And she wants nothing to do with it. And she's just angry. It's all happening. She had her own name changed. Her birth certificate was burned. Like, it's all just boiling. <laughs> you never yeah. Know. That's but this isn't the end of the play. That's the thing. The, the realization that all these people ran away from their past, that I'm going to run away from my past. 
it's not the end. It, I, I'm, I'm spoiling it a bit, but things do unravel even more. So okay, I wouldn't say that the play promotes the idea that running away is the best way to grow up and right. And, yeah. yeah. It's just telling it like it is, though. That's the thing. You're watching it painfully understanding that, yeah. like, this romantic idea is, a lot of people have those, and it's fucked up, you know? It's, not, it's just, yeah. a, sometimes it is just a romantic idea, but it still has real consequences, you know? It's fascinating. During that scene, I'm, I have, I think I have, like, one line, and I, um, Every night, I think I just drank like almost a fifth of whiskey. You did. Stage. Just you absolutely did. Drunker. And I always, now, like in, in retrospect, I realized that I was probably just, Edra had seen this happen probably a couple of other times with a couple of other women. Mm. And I did that too. And I'm watching all of these people. Oh yeah, you think this is really hot. You think this is going to be great. We eat bear. And it's not great. And the romance for me is gone. And I'm just watching... Yeah. And then I'm, she's into it and I just giggle because I'm like, oh yeah, just wait though. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a hilarious line. It I love the chuckle. When... I laughed out loud. Where where was that? Because it was so funny and so unexpected. Who's where was bald, that? I think. Who's bald, yeah. <laughs> Who's bald? That was so funny. What? Oh my God. <laughs> she's drunk at that point. She has. She doesn't quite know where that factors in. She's just coping. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. These dumb motherfuckers that I hitched my wagon to, and now we're now we're living it. Good God! Oh, and so I'm assuming that she knew them when they were New Canaan, Connecticut, no. Rocky Boys. She did not know them. But didn't she know about it though? She already knew the story. Oh. She knew the story and everything. Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so take us deeper in so we can see some consequences. Because right. probably pick something that will be either the last long scene that reveals a lot or two shorter scenes. Mm. <laughs> did I throw that <laughs> at you? Too, we took too a quick? Five <laughs> so Edra has a nice scene with uh, Jake that I wanted to do, but. The, the the big other twist is the thing that sort of the thing that makes everything fall apart. And if we only have time for that, then we can do that. Okay. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Um, so what do you, what do you think, Shelly? Should, should I try, should we try to fit in the, the little Edra yeah. scene or, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So let's go to, where should we go? Uh, page for, for 50, 57, 50, the, the bottom of 57. Oh. So I'm looking, um, so there's a crab catching pot that we use to catch crabs. And in the very last line of 57, Jake is looking at the crab pot. Why do these work? i for a sec, but I'll be oh. back. Where is this start? Very bottom of page 57. We can go ahead with that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Why do these work? If the crabs can get in, why can't they get out? It's the same size hole. Richard Nixon say, it is easier to get into things than out. I mean it. Uh, see this funnel? 
Crab smells bait. Crab wants in. Crab folds claws in close and shimmies into funnel. Funnel gets narrower. Claws go in closer, closer. Wham, he's in. Tucks into that chunk of cod gut like a house on fire. Mm-mm, good. Melts in your mouth, not in your claw. Okay, so he's in there, right? And he's waving his claws and burping his cod. And hey, wait a minute. How did I get in here? It's like as if you were not very bright and you crawled down along a long, narrow passageway into a great big cave and stood up inside it and tried to walk back out. I mean, bam, right? That hurts. So it could get out. If it was smart enough to quit waving its arms around and and go back the way it came, yes. But it's not. We don't know that for sure. Maybe most of them get in and out, no problem. Maybe we only eat dumb crabs. Anyway, it's broken. It is? Oh, bless my socks. Well, that's an insult to our crab there. No test of character in that. There's a couple more crab pots down at the dock. Did you fix that plank? So Eastern, you know? The really enlightened crab. The crab of wisdom, grace, humility. The truly Zen crab passes in and out of nets at will. The rest of the poor stubborn shits get boiled alive. I didn't fix the plank. I will. My man. Jack exits, singing a country song, shakes her head, smiling. Jack. I bet he's great on the boat. Sings to the fish. Yeah? Do they like it? I like it. It's one thing I like. Edra, what do you do on the boat? Do you ever run gear? When Jack gets too tired. I'd much rather steer. Not me. I like landing fish. Neil lets you do that? He's teaching me. I brought in a bruiser today. 36 pounds. A white king. <laughs> well, all right, woman. Then I barfed. <laughs> Maybe I should try Baker again? You're just making it worse. I knew this would happen. It's Friday, for Christ's sake. The mailboat is in. All her friends will be there. I would have done the same thing when I was her age. Did your father ground you? My father was living in Houston with wife number two. No. My mom used to try. She'd tell me I couldn't go out after school, so I'd cut school, take the commuter train into New York and hang around Bleecker Street trying to look like a runaway, check out the hippies. I might have met Neil. Tom. Difference? He doesn't think so. Do you? I don't know. I'd like to believe you can break with your past and start over. It seems to work for Jack. Jack is real good at seeming. It isn't just seeming. Jack lands on his feet. I mean, doesn't he? Jack is a truly zen crab. (laughs) Don't let him fool you. Jack puts a lot of work into looking that carefree. It's different for him, though. Jack can pull off the name change because it's not that important to him. It is to Neil. Yes, it is. (sighs) Jake breaks off and busies herself with the laundry. Look at this thing. It's more holes than shirt. (laughs) You know what I really miss? I mean, screw the Times crossword. I miss my pants. I am so sick of wearing the same two pairs of jeans every day. And I'm sick of Neil's shirts. I need to buy some new work clothes. No work clothes. It's August. I know. What are you planning on doing when the fishing season's over? I don't know yet. You think you'll go back to New York? Not a chance. You ever think about going back home? My mother's home or my father's home? I haven't got a home. 
winter up here is a, a whole different thing. There's four hours of daylight and 20 of darkness. He wouldn't be working. Laurel would be back in school. It would just be you and him. So? You're not the first deck hit Neil's had, you know. That doesn't surprise me. I was. You and Neil? Five years ago. I thought you might have guessed that. No. I was for the summer too, and I'm still here. Why does he hide everything from me? It's not just from you. I met them in my father's bar and catched a can. They had just come up, they'd hitched a ride up on some tugboat and Neil, you should have seen him. He was like some beautiful tense animal when you see it in the wild. Everything we did, the cabin, the dock, working on the boats, he loved it. Every day was something new. We shared everything. Then things began to be finished. We moved indoors, we settled into patterns, and Neil began to realize he had just been divorced. Yeah, that part he didn't share. Nothing I did seemed to help. It was winter. He started running trap lines and he put on his snow shoes, he'd be gone for days. Trap lines? Fur trapping, mink, marten. Neil traps? Can't catch fish in the winter. Neil isn't happy unless he's running after something. As soon as he gets it, it's, it's not enough. That's why I left him. I left because Jack was easier. Edra? What? You still? No. I love Jack. His brother, Jack. Why are you telling me this? Jake, if you want to stay with Neil, fine, go. Go ahead. All I'm saying is you should do it with your eyes open. Neil is a lone wolf. You're not going to change him. If you can handle what he's like right now, if that's enough for you, well, great, but I just don't think it is. Of course not. That's not what I want. What do you want? I want him at home with himself. I want him to change. Honey, I just finished telling you. That you couldn't change him. That doesn't mean I can't. Women make me sad sometimes. That's a good place to pause. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we might not have time for the big uh, dramatic scene where I cry, but that's okay because that scene is, the scene just there is really good and informative, I think, about not just Edra and Jake, but about Neil. Um, I really think that line, Neil isn't happy unless he's running after something. As soon as he gets it, it isn't enough. And that's why I left him, is kind of the the most important line about Neil. Um, and it's it's what he's been doing this whole time. And the moment that he gets Jake to stay, it's it says in the directions that he doesn't know how to react to and he says like wait, wait don't burn your ticket like hang on now yeah because now it's like real now he's got like, what he wanted and, and he's not sure if he wants it yeah neil seems like the crab who goes into 
the crab pot and doesn't figure out how to get out. So he ran away from home. He has a terrible relationship with his dad and he's kind of entrenched in this like teenager relationship of hating his parents. And now he has a teenager who has a difficult relationship with him and he never really grew up past that. That's, I realized that when we were reading it the other night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just realized that that whole scene after the big reveal scene, when you realize they used to be different guys and they changed their name, uh, the whole personality sounded different. Do you know, like when I was, picturing it in my head I was picturing it's like oh these guys the the way that I would picture them on stage I would think of them as completely different after the reveal scene you know everything would have a different intention because it, it just reminds me of so many rich hippie rebels you know sort of like do you know what I'm talking about when I say rich hippie like they could be having a posh life but they're having trust Afarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of understand these guys in that same way where they are living a certain kind of truth and freedom. But because there's that other layer under there, you can just notice it here and there. You notice it here and there. So they didn't just grow up in the wilderness. You know, the, the fact that we came from means and we're in a position to throw it all away and go off to Alaska. Where yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that sounds really, uh, uh, like, like you'd have nothing, but you, you need some resources to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We just bought a Studebaker, a Studebaker station wagon so we could do this. It's like, yeah. you can't just do that if you're, Most yeah. people have to go to work tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also they are learning the shit though. You know, now they're out there. So now they're out there, and even if it was, even if it was flimsy intentions when they started it, now they're out there, you know. And it's that like, well, we didn't really run away from ourselves because here we are, still being brothers, treating each other this way, still running from things, like still same patterns, just out in the middle of nowhere, you know. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. So what this last scene you were thinking about? Could we? Can we just do it? Sure. Um, let's start with the letter. So they get a letter. Um, and at the bottom, at the middle of uh, most, most of the way to the bottom of 65, Neil reads the letter and hands it to Jack um, and says, here, our father died. Say 65 oh. or 75? 65. 65. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Get right into it. 65 you're gonna do your line first nathan sure postcard for edra and a letter from mary beth to both of us she wrote to you this is empty here our father died again really heart attack last thursday whoa left us both a fortune Whoa. He left us? This is from mom. What happened? Nothing happened. He died. Are you all right? Yes, I'm all right. It's cold. I'm cold. It's not nice out. He pours a drink and gulps it. Neil? 
Jesus, Mary and Joe. His last words were, Jesus Christ. What were they? Where's Tom? He asked for you. Eleven years. Eleven years of saying he's dead and he really is dead. I mean, I was so used to it. Oh, man. I haven't seen Mom's handwriting since 1968. He's dead. He really is dead. Neil throws wood in the stove. I just did that. You don't have to. Good. Get it roaring. God, I keep having this image of a coffin with a gator on the lid. Is that awful? That's awful. Well, how do you mourn for a guy who threw you out of his house? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Is it? The money. The money. What about it? Don't you see? He changed his will. He undisowned us. Not only that, but he must have done it before because his death was so sudden. Look, one minute he was opening the freezer door and the next he was gone. Ice cubes all over the floor. Can you believe that? Her husband drops dead and she's worried about ice cubes. She probably picked them all up. Can't you see what I'm saying? It wasn't the big repentance on his deathbed. He didn't have a deathbed. He forgave us. He paid us. That's not the same thing. He must have, Tom. My name is not Tom. He can't buy me back like this. His name, his money. We got out from under him, Jack. We're not his anymore. All I'm saying is that he might have changed. Him? Changed? Why did he leave us the money? Why did he ask for you with his dying words? He must have forgiven us. I don't forgive him. My God, you are a stubborn son of a bitch. Can I see that letter? Hands it to her. Sees Neil pouring whiskey. Oh, what are you going to do? Go get drunk now? Always a smart move. Always a smart way out. Fuck off. That's just what he was doing, you know? Like father, like son. He was pouring a drink. I read it. I know. Ice cubes all over the floor. Poor mother. No kidding. He was just sitting there watching the Yankees. Got up to fix himself a drink and boom. She said he was under a lot of stress. I wonder if he'd gotten fat. He might have, Neil. Can you imagine? Dad fat? He might have gone bald. We don't even know what he looked like. I was 18 years old the last time I saw him. So? So I'm not anymore. Man, I feel old as the hills. Wow. That is a lot of money. How much? $400,000? Let me see that. For Tom and Daniel Lowry. Sort of makes our lives look like a joke. All that running and we still end up as daddy's rich kids. He won. No, he didn't. Oh, Neil. How can you give up like that? We had a dream like, to set up a life where we'd never need anyone. And we did it. We worked for this, Jack. I, I thought you believed in it. I do. And he didn't win. We set down roots here and we're staying. This changes things. Why? Because somebody dangles a 
check at you? That doesn't mean you have to take it. Not somebody, our father. Our father is dead. He forgave us. Our father has been dead for years. We are not taking the money. It's not your decision. He left it to both of you. You stay out of this. No. I'm warning you, Edra. I stay out of everything. I'm not doing it anymore. Edra. You got a letter right here from your mother. Half of that mother money is yours. You don't have to let him decide for you. We made a pledge, Jack. We made a commitment to stick with each other for the rest of our lives. So did we, and I've waited for years for it. Honey, I- I'm not gonna wait anymore. I have to think. We got out of there. That's all that matters. We did it together. We burned our bridges. We burned my draft card, that much I remember. I burned your draft card. You would have gone. I would not. <sighs> Jesus, don't you remember a thing? You went to your physical. You, you would have gone straight to Nam. He, he had you so fucking brainwashed. That's what all that track and field was for. The trophies, the Boy Scouts, the, the God and Country Award. He was trying to force you to be what I wasn't. Tom the Third, the golden boy, the one he could be proud of. Man, that's ages oh, ago. You don't remember him, Jack, I do. Of course I remember. I lived with him for 18 years. You think I'm some kind of dolt? Don't tell me you wouldn't have gone. You had both your feet out the door. Until you came and saved me. That's right, I did. Why? Why? You heard me, why? Come on. No, really. Why the sudden interest in daddy's golden boy? Daddy's little clone, what? What did the Eagle Scout ever do to deserve your attention? You never gave two shits for me till then. Uh, Jack, what is this? The truth, man. The truth. Why did you save me? What do you mean? You're my brother. I wanted to keep you alive. No, buddy, no. You wanted to get back at Dad. I happened to be there. Jack. You knew it would get him like nothing else would. Me dodging the draft. You were right. Well, now he's dead. Who are you gonna fight now? Don't give me that this horse shit. I did this for you. For yourself. I didn't need it. I had my own life. Oh, what, SDS? I was married. I still would be if I hadn't dragged Celia across Canada. Christ, so that's my fault? She, she hated it there. Celia left you. She didn't leave Canada, Tom. She left you. Shut up, God damn you! She was sick of your bullshit, of your lies, to dream the impossible dream. I'll fucking kill you! Cut it out! Are you crazy? Stay out of it, Jake. Get off of him! Stop it! Are you all right? Uh, so this is where um, she hangs on his arm. Neil pushes her away. And losing her balance, she falls against the stove. A cry of pain. Jack sees what's happened and stops, but Neil punches him hard before his attention is drawn towards Jake. Jack is thrown against the couch. Are you all right? My arm! Hey, Jake. You bastard. You asked for it. Shut the fuck up. Let's see it. It's all right. I stopped. Let's see. Oh, and then we've got on the CB radio, Laurel. Laurel? 
This is Laurel calling home. Is anyone there? Uh, yeah, Laurel, uh, it's Jack. Can it wait? No, I need a ride home. Look, hang out at Baker, okay? I'll call you right back. Easy. Okay? It's important. A ride? I gotta get home right away. Is Daddy there? Jake got hurt. He's taking care of her. Well, I'm sick. I don't feel well. I really gotta get home. Look, you're just going to have to wait, and that's that. No, I can't. Do you want to read Ozzy, Shelley? Oh, I'm sorry. I was getting so into listening that I put my iPad away so it wouldn't be like in my face. <laughs> I'll, I'll read it. This is okay, Ozzy. Okay. What happened to Jake? Sorry. She got burned on the stove. She's all right. Hey, I mean it, Daddy. I'm sick. God damn it, Laurel. Anything I can do? Ozzy, no. Look, Laurel, just stay with Francine. If you're sick, it'll get worse on the boat. Well, just let me know over and out. It's not that kind of sick. Please come and get me. It hurts. Get what's-his-name-Mick to give you a ride. I can't. I can't. Why not? I just can't. Will you please come and get me? I need you to. Dad! Of course we will, honey. We'll be right there. Laurel? Yeah? It's Edra. We're on our way there. Just wait at the trading post, over and out. Get Mick. Are you blind? Give me the keys to the whaler. Give me the keys. Down by the boat. Just hold that there for a while. I'll get some zinc oxide and gauze at the store. You'll be all right? Yeah. Come on, Jack. You're on your own. Why didn't I look for her? I went to the trading post to ask if they'd seen her and they, they gave me the mail. I should have gone looking for her. You didn't know. Not now. Do you want a drink, Neil? I'm sorry about your father. Let go of me. Let go of you? Jesus, you burned me. I'm trying to comfort you. What the hell is the matter with you? Will you leave me alone? No, I won't. You expect me to be here whenever you want and leave you alone whenever you don't? It's not fair, Neil. It's bullshit. I'm not going to live like this. Well, I can't argue with you. I don't want you to argue with me. Well, what the hell do you want? Whatever it is, I don't have it. Do you understand that? I have nothing to give you. Nothing to give me. Then why did you ask me here? So I could give to you? And why'd you ask Laurel back? You take people into your life and then you pretend we don't matter. Pretend you can do without anyone. It's a lie. It's a selfish fucking lie. Jake, stop it. Would it kill you to say it just once? I need someone? You're surrounded by people who love you. Stop it. I love you. Laurel loves you. Jack, Edra, your father. Get out. Get out! Jake goes to the door, opens it, turns and looks back at him. He's facing away and does not turn around. She goes out. Neil hears the door shut and whips around. He's cracking. He paces. He drinks. He rips at the laundry line, something of Laurel's. He stares at it. Then he goes to the CB and crouches beside it, cradling the mic in both hands, trying to speak. He breaks down in tears, lets the microphone drop.
Laurel. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, I, Sorry I think it may have cut out again for a little bit, but yeah, it did just for a second. That's okay. Wow, that was also a really big surprise. Yeah. We had so was, lots of the loud scenes. <laughs> was that a was that the first time that you know that the conflict between them and dad was the draft dodging? Or was it so much more that I'm just kind of missing? I mean they it was they I, I don't know if they really focused on um they, I mean they mentioned that like he he kicked Tom out of the house, and then when I dodged the draft, he kicked me out of the house. But this is when it sort of like mentioned that, and it's it's unclear how much of their memories is correct. But from Neil's point of view, Neil completely convinced Jack to dodge the draft, and Jack wouldn't have, or Dan wouldn't have, uh, would have just gone and fought the war. Mm. Um, and then the question mm. is, did he do that? to help Jack or did he do that just to piss off dad? Yeah. It's really. Boy, nobody can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, the level. One thing I love about, I, re I realized some of my favorite books and scripts are the ones that reveal things at the exact pace that I want them to. You know, like, I'm glad I didn't know that in the last scene. I'm glad I didn't know that in the last scene. Yeah. Um, and some people are so good at it, you know? Some Sometimes you just get a big information dump. But, like, there's big reveals through the whole thing. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's certainly yeah. hard to pick scenes. Like, I, I was happy to do any of them because they all f feel very imperative to me, to the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with only five characters, every single one story just kind of like meshes all together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, okay. So I know we got to wrap up now, but do we, I just need to know, do we find out anything more about Jake's past that we didn't talk about, about what she's running from? No, actually. Not as much. No. Really? Oh, I've interesting. So she's kind of like, she's like the... But the, I think the purpose for Jake is if she wasn't there, all of these things wouldn't have been revealed because yeah. everything would be, she's the audience, you know, she's like coming into the story. Everybody else knows each other. So you're sort of experiencing it with Jake kind of because so you, she, she can just start where she is. And I like in a lot of scenes that Jake is there for Laurel too. Mm -hmm. because Neil kind of goes overboard a lot of the times with how he behaves and he has his own like you know set in ways and then Jake is like there as this new fresh fresh perspective mm -hmm. and kind of like causes a shift with Neil and Laurel's relationship too well right. and it's it's also that um he's been he's done this he he does this he he breaches and then he falls back in the water. He he did he did this with Edra. Maybe he's done it with other people. But now he's a lot older. Jake is so much younger than him, and his daughter is uh, older too. And so it's sort of like, how much longer can he keep doing this this thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and bring people close and then pushing them away? Uh, hey, Forrest. 
Forrest is here. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the late grand entrance. Yeah. Um, the, the, and the re realization that when, when Jack starts talking about, um, it's been this long, what if he got fat? Like all of the consequences of what they've done are smacking him in the face, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. he's laying it all out. And what's so great about that reveal is, the, the, that realization that we can all relate to of like, oh my gosh, the last, this chunk of my life all pivoted on that decision. Yeah. You know, if they pivoted on that decision, like all yeah. the fallout was because I made this radical choice. You made it for one reason, thinking it meant one thing and I made it for another reason. And, and that's, we made that decision, which ultimately caused us not to see our dad anymore. Yeah. You know, it's drastic. It's drastic. It felt like heroic and freewheeling and Jack Kerouac, but it was super drastic. And the whole time they were in the will, you know? Yeah. We never really I am remembering the one thing that you do here, and it, I think it is very relevant, is that Jake is, she was in Seattle be, for her dad's latest wedding. Oh. So, and this is wife number four. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. And you're a single child, so it's like this one thing, and you're just kind of like constantly. And I think there. Jake is so lost, looking for direction, and here comes this guy who seems to be very on top of things, very knowledgeable about how to survive in the wilderness, can teach her a lot, mm -hmm. and she wants that stability, and then it, it's like a house of cards. Yeah, and he's basically, she's like doing the same thing he did. Like you're sort of like fleeing a situation yeah. and wanting to be free. So, you know, of course that's going to start a relationship over and over again. It's fascinating. Well, dang, man, that was fun. That was really fun. Um, any last words about this, this play? I love it. I love it. At the end, they leave Neil to rot in the woods by himself. Yeah, so Jack and Edra decide. Jack, Jack and Edra decide that they are going to go back to you know the Lowry family, what's left of it, and reconnect, and you know get that money and and live a different life. And wow! Neil and Neil doesn't. Wow! And yeah. Jake, I leave. Jake leaves, but. Uh, Laurel decides to stay with her dad. Oh, wow. And she's the only thing that makes it super not depressing for Neil to be like just completely alone. And then there's yeah. that connection with how shitty um, Laurel and Neil's relationship was. And then they kind of release that because everyone else leaves and ultimately they're just alone again. But speaking like kind of a, about what Margaret was saying about the, the metaphor with the Zen crabs and the crabs and how he's yeah, in this. Yeah. Um, I don't think it could have ended any other way. I think he needed to be alone with his daughter in order for him to finally get out of that trap. Because otherwise, I mean, we all got out of our traps. Like Jack and I left and Jake left. And now he has to process that with his kid. So it was like, it wasn't like a perfectly buttoned up ending. And I, I think that's why I like it because life isn't a perfectly buttoned up ending. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's not. 
<laughs> Sorry to break it to you. It's not. Mine's fine. <laughs> a really nice moment at the end where you think that Neil's left alone there to ride out the winner, and Laurel comes back from Ozzy, the camp cook's place, with a fresh pie, and she just comes into the door, and the pie is like this consolation or this. Oh, it's such an offering. ending. It's, it's a, a very sweet ending. moment. Doing it physically, having a warm pie in your hand and like enacting that, oh, it's just lovely. I loved yeah. it. And anytime it pie for anytime I'm holding a warm pie, it's usually <laughs> positive, you know? <laughs> like, Anna's mom, mom made a pie for every night and we yeah. ate it. Oh, man. <laughs> Sometimes she shared it with the audience. Are there any places in Ann Arbor that deliver <laughs> warm pies? Hmm. <laughs> Let's yeah. start a business. There's Grand Rivers Pie Co, but they, I don't think they deliver. Yeah. I think we've got ourselves. I think we've got ourselves a business idea that could fund a small theater. Yeah. Pie delivery. My yeah. dad likes driving around for no reason, and my mom likes making pie. Done. <laughs> it's done. I've got the connections. Somebody make an app. <laughs> If I could order a warm pie right now, like any kind I wanted to be delivered, I would do it. What is that, Laura? Oh, that's part of the trunk that we used in the play. Hey. Oh. Yeah, it's the side I kicked in. You kicked it way too hard and it actually broke the entire <laughs> fucking thing. So I decided wow. to keep it. I oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's during that fight with between Neil and and Jack, right? Yeah. Yeah. That one night, Adam. Yeah, and like I, my foot got stuck in it for a moment. I kicked it so hard. Oh my god! <laughs> so how long did this run? And then we'll wrap up. We actually had to extend it because people wanted to see it more and more, and we couldn't help ourselves. We didn't want it to end after just the first weekend. We were like, oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> Second, yeah. Weekend. Yeah. I think it was scheduled two weekends and we extended it a third. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Who's the author? I can't see it on here. Who's the playwright? Nina Shangold. Nina Shangold. Is that, that's right, right guys? Yes, that's right. It's just not right in front of me. I couldn't remember it. So I am so grateful that you recommended this. It's so much... And the way that was staged, man, I'd love to see you guys do it that way with, again when we're less afraid to be that close. Can you imagine being in front of an office, an audience that intimately right now? Definitely. Can you not. imagine? That'd be it crazy. Was, yeah, it'd be so great because like the, all the tension would be magnified in that setting. So, shout out to the sweet memory of the Carriage House Theater and all the fun things we did there. What a little era that was. Um, and thanks so much for doing this, you guys. Um, yeah, I love it. If you want to do any other, you know, if you think of any other short plays that you'd love to just discuss, um, Hopefully we'll be back in live, you know, and I can bring snacks and <laughs> you can bring your puppy or whatever and we can read together live because um, because I really enjoy it. And I appreciate it that you guys do, too. So that was really nice for me. What? I really enjoyed doing the whale with you guys. Yeah, that was good. Special.
It was good. It was good. It was the last thing that I did before this happened. Yeah, I know. It was such a fun day all around. It was such a fun day all around. Well, thank you so much. And uh, thanks out there if you're listening in Reeds and Weeds land. And of course, keep tell- keep recommending books. Keep telling me how you found me. Um, if you're in China, I keep seeing people <laughs> pop up from China. I don't know why. Um, if you there's really a person out there listening from China, I would really like to know who you are and how you found me. Um, also, if you're in Germany and how you found me, that would be great to know. So, and also just curious, like what are cannabis laws like in your area? So if you're listening to this, if you made it all the way to the end and you want to tell me any of those things or recommend books, I would love to hear from you. So, um, Thanks again, Laura and Margaret and Jamie and Adam and Nathan. And you're welcome back anytime. Say bye, everybody. Adios. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome.